You're listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views and the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy and The Driven websites. It is brought to you by Solaray Energy, designing and installing solar and storage solutions so you can run your electric vehicle the smart way on solar. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of The Driven Podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of The Driven, our electric vehicle focus website and the parent site Renew Economy. And it's good to be back with an electric vehicle focus discussion. Today we're having a chat with Luke Todd, who's the CEO of Nexport, a really interesting company that has come up with one of the most ambitious plans for electric vehicle manufacturing in Australia that we have seen so far. Um, of course, some people are making electric vehicles, some of them in very niche roles, some of them um, exporting even to other markets in the US. But uh, this is by far the most ambitious plan we have seen so far, and we hope it's not the only plan that we get to see. But I'd just like to welcome now Luke Todd. Um, thanks for joining the Driven Podcast. Thank you, Giles. Thank you for having me. Well, look, I've introduced you as the CEO of Nexport, but in fact, your corporate structure is a bit more complex than that. Why don't you just um, explain exactly where Nexport fits into the group of companies of which you control? Sure. So I am the CEO of the True Green Group mobility division and with inside the mobility division of True Green uh, we have Nexport which is one entity uh, and then there's also a bus body building company called Gamlang Australia and I'm managing director and CEO of uh, Nexport and managing director of Gamlang Australia. So Gamlang is already in the bus construction business so what about True Impact? What's uh, so, its interest? So True Green Impact tr- is, is a investment fund a ESG investment fund that is focused on uh, bringing uh, strong investment into uh, vehicle production and a whole range of sustainable businesses that uh, are associated in similar industries to ourselves. What's the attraction then of electric vehicle manufacturing in Australia? Now, you, uh, my understanding is we'll get this in, 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 into this further into the discussion, but you're, you're starting off with electric buses and possibly electric trucks and maybe an agreement to do electric cars as well. But um, Australia's manufacturing industry is littered with failures and some catastrophic failures in the car passenger market. If you think about the withdrawal of Holden and Ford and, and Chrysler, although there is some niche bus uh, manufacturing in Australia, why electric buses? So I think we can talk about cars in a little while, but to talk about buses first of all, um, Busing is is very unique in the way that vehicles are, are, are put together. So we will continue to to uh, procure the best um, technology from around the world. Uh, so things like uh, power kits, batteries, will still source internationally because that's where uh, high production facilities can make those uh, quality products at a more economical price. And then what we're doing in Australia is what we call intelligent production. So we use the best of local supply chain. So anything that we can source locally at a high quality, we'll do that. And then anything that we need to source internationally, we'll source that uh, via the best partners that we we have and and we'll continue to develop relationships. And then the concept is to bring as much of the production to Australia as as possible. 
in an intelligent manner. So in the end, we will end up with roughly roughly 80 to 85 percent local content for bus manufacturing, and that's uh, something that we'll be doing in both New South Wales and Victoria. Now, your plans, you talked about a $700 million vision um, for manufacturing facilities. Um, a lot of it's going to be based, I think, in Mossvale in New South Wales. Can, ex can you explain exactly what the, um, the breadth of that concept is? Sure. So that's not a vision. We actually are going ahead with that project. We've secured the land. We have a 50-odd hectare site in Mossvale. Uh, it's a project I've been working on for a, a few years now. We've been looking around. Uh, predominantly New South Wales, but also Victoria, uh, for the right site, and we secured the site uh, recently. And overall, in uh, total, there'll be a $700 million investment into that site, including the land, the future development uh, of the facility, which will be manufacturing. It will also be R&D uh, facilities. There's also things like a EV test track that we'll be building, and then there'll also be an EV campus as well, Site. Sounds like a fantastic opportunity. Um, let's just go back into the buses first. Now, you're going to be making buses here in Australia. Um, you obviously think there's going to be a market in Australia. So far, we've seen very few. There's a couple in various cities, mostly on trials. If you go back to China, I think there's several hundred thousand of them. Um, in fact, about 90 or 95% of all electric buses are built and operating in China. What, what makes you so sure that there's going to be a market in Australia? So if we talk about New South Wales in particular, so Minister Constance has committed to transitioning the full fleet of 7,000 electric, uh, 7,000 buses to zero emission buses, uh, electric in our case. Uh, the ex exact time frame of that is, is yet to be determined, but what has been outlined is that 10% of the fleet is to be transitioned by 2023. So that's equivalent to seven odd hundred electric buses. So we know the market is uh, is strong. We know the uh, uptake is already uh, been determined by the government. So we know the volume that we, we need to build to. And we, plus some other uh, people that build buses, uh, will be looking to, to make as many of those buses locally as possible. And presumably there's some moves also in other states. I think the ACT is making um, um, talking about that, and um, I guess Queensland and Victoria will also go, and presumably the other states as well. Correct. So Nextport also has the first government contract to supply electric buses in Queensland. We have two uh, electric buses going into the Yarra Bilba region, which is near Logan. Uh, later this year, the first bus will be delivered in December. So not only New South Wales, but also Queensland. And then, as you mentioned, the ACT has some very bold plans and we're looking forward to talking to the ACT about um, their uh, scheduled, I believe it's 90 buses that they've slated to upgrade to electric vehicles uh, as soon as possible. Mm. And so I presume then that you can actually sort of deliver these buses at a cheaper, um, you know, for, for, for cheaper or better quality or both than um, importing other buses, or is there a local content mandate as part of these sort of government um, policy decisions? In New South Wales and the ACT, there is actually no local content mandate. Uh, in Victoria, there is a local content mandate as far as a percentage of the product that must be uh, procured or manufactured locally. But what we're looking at is is more about bringing manufa sovereign manufacturing back to Australia. So there's no reason why, with the different types of technology that we're using, the labour content that was so prohibitive in the 
past, especially when we're talking about cars and, and the number of labour hours associated with, with manufacturing a car or a bus in, in this case, is no longer a prohibitive factor. So we, we've been able to manage to get the manufacturing time down of each bus, which minimises the labour uh, requirement. Um, and that's allowed us to be economical. So for us to now produce a high quality electric bus in Australia is only marginally more expensive than producing that vehicle in uh, another location such as Asia. That's really interesting. So what sort of, um, I mean, how many people would be employed at this uh, new factory? I guess it depends on how many different production lines you're going and how much you're producing at the particular time. Correct. So, so overall, the total job uh, outcome in Mosvale itself would be 2,000 people. Now that is if we get the uh, facility to full production and that, that would take at least uh, 24 months to 36 months uh, for us to do that. If we're just focusing on buses and some exciting announcements that we're soon to make in the truck space, uh, we're looking at around seven to 800 immediate jobs and that's just on the production uh, and R&D side of uh, the, the facility. That's not including the, the um, jobs in construction to actually build the facility itself. Mm. And we shouldn't also note that this will be the first seven-star green-rated uh, production facility in Australia manufacturing electric vehicles. So we'll be manufacturing zero-emission vehicles in a zero-emission uh, carbon-neutral facility, which we think is a very good achievement, something that we're very proud of. That sounds great. How are you achieving that? Presumably you're going to have solar on the roof. You might have a ground-mounted solar facility um, nearby or are you just doing off-take agreements with wind and solar plants um, in the vicinity? So a combination of all three, but our, our goal is to have uh, solar and battery storage on site and we're targeting at least 95% of our energy usage via that manner. If not, hopefully we can get to 100, but we're, we're aiming for 95%. And then any balance will be through EV, uh, through energy uptake offsite. But our goal is to get to 100, and that's what we're working on. Well, that should put paid to the fact that um, the idea that uh, wind or solar and battery storage can't actually um, support uh, in industrial processes and manufacturing industry. Well, it's, it, what we're hoping to do is is to actually create a showpiece where you're exactly right. That there is no reason why, especially in Australia, with the amount of solar. Um, power that we can generate with the number of, uh, of sunny days and the amount of uh, solar uh, that we can capture on a daily basis and with battery technology storage, battery technology technology that, that is improving all the time, there's no reason why we can't get to 100% um, uh, effectively off-grid. Obviously, we need to be on-grid for, for various reasons, but in, in our view, if we can manufacture in a completely zero emission uh, outcome, that's, that's what we're trying to achieve. Well, congratulations, and I look forward to um, seeing that. I'm um, just going very, just just for one moment, just back to the uh, facility, and you're talking about the jobs. To what extent does that jobs outlook, and you're talking about 700 and within the first year or first two years, to what extent is that dependent on various state or federal governments actually delivering on the policies that they've talked about? Well, we, we are always leading. So, so we already have 115 buses in build at the moment already. So, so that's through our normal production process. And we've, we've engaged um, another 200 electric buses uh, at a minimum to be built. Uh, we have an interim facility in Glendenning, New South Wales, and we've also got our existing facility in Ballarat, Victoria. 
So whether the government uh, pushes ahead with their, their um, slated uh, transition to electric buses, we're going to build these buses anyway. We, the, the momentum and the movement towards zero emission buses has, has well and truly uh, occurred. Uh, people now um, have full understanding of the cost benefit in addition to the environmental benefits. So, so we're going to go ahead and build the buses anyway. And we're 100% confident that government will uh, continue to, to transition. <laughs> the, market, as the, the market will come. That's a fantastic. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a fantastic sort of statement in your faith in the transition that's going to happen. And um, I wouldn't argue with that. But um, it's um, it's um, sometimes you do wonder at what speed uh, the, the the customers in this case mostly sort of state or state governments will will respond to that. But um, that's, well, that's interesting. Giles, it's only point. I've seen in government's decision has been when it's the, the conversation has moved away from just the environmental outcome. Now that we've been able to demonstrate that the economical outcome of a zero emission bus is a better scenario for governments, that is what I've seen has been the pivotal moment for industry to change. Every electric bus that we put on the road compared to a diesel bus will save $50,000 per annum on reduced running costs by way of uh, fuel versus uh, energy, uh, electricity, and in reduced maintenance costs. So when, when you're looking at governments investing 500, 550,000 in a high quality diesel product, which will stay embedded into the network and into the state or territory for 20 years, when you're presenting a vehicle that is zero emission, it, yes, it may be more expensive to buy up front, but you've got a payback period uh, to become equal within three to four years, and then you're going to have that zero emission bus in your fleet for the remaining 16 years of its life, every year saving $50,000. The argument has now moved away from it, whether it's a good thing for the environment. We're all pretty comfortable, the people that I'm speaking with, that's, that that term has well and truly been proven. Uh, but it's also it's mainly now about the economics of transitioning to zero emission buses. So, as you sort of say, it's the, it's the transition, the economics of the transition that, um, that that that's probably the hard bit for some of these um, some some of these government departments. Um, I was I was watching with despair, I think, as as other people were in in um, the WA government last year, talking um, committing to nine hundred buses, and I think they're sort of mostly a diesel component. Now, thankfully, they've actually decided to trial some electric buses, but I don't think the trial is actually going to start for another one or two years, and we'll probably go for two years before they actually move further down the path. But I'm just wondering if your sort of economic case may swing their um, swing their decision earlier. Well, the WA government is dipping their toe in the water with two um, buses that, that may be produced, I think, roughly 18 months from now. They're, they're two um, new prototype products from, from another supplier. Uh, yeah, and I, equally, I was, I was quite surprised that they embedded um, a, a contract with so many diesel buses for so long when globally the transition to zero emission buses was all already well and truly mm. underway. And when you're looking at the total cost of ownership for an electric bus being $800,000 uh, better off across the life of that vehicle, um, it's a heavy burden for taxpayers to, to continue to have, mm. uh, have diesel buses when electric buses are not only better for the environment, but they're also far better uh, for the taxpayer as well. Mm.
Let's move on to trucks. Um, I'm not too sure how much you've actually announced about your trucking plans at the moment. It does sound from earlier on in your conversation that you have announcements, some announcements forthcoming. Can you give us a little bit of a hint or can you say what you, you've already announced and put in the, uh, put in the record as, as, as far as trucks? Because I guess that's the, um, if buses work and deliver a return on um, investment, um, a faster return on investment, then I guess there's no reason why a truck would not. Sure. So a, a tiny bit premature in, in what we can announce in regards to electric trucks. But what, what I will let you know is that within the next four to five months, we'll be making an announcement to release uh, to market a delivery van. So that's a, a van for uh, home delivery of uh, shopping, uh, parcels, deliveries, that type of, of size vehicle. We'll also be uh, releasing a 4.5 tonne uh, fully electric uh, vehicle as well, the truck type, type vehicle. And then we have a large uh, truck that we'll be announcing as well. But unfortunately, right at this stage, um, we, we can't make full uh, uh, details of those vehicles uh, uh, public uh, because there's some, some loose ends that we're tidying up and uh, we did uh, make some announcements last year that uh, were slightly premature. So this time around, we, we're getting everything 100% organised. Fair and, enough. I'm... And what I can say is when the announcements are made, uh, they will be very exciting and we will actually be able to deliver some very high-quality vehicles to uh, commercial users of uh, vans, trucks and, and trucks, and larger trucks, that is. So presumably what you're doing is you're talking to supplier or suppliers and then coming under a deal to sort of to, to make them here or maybe just assemble them in Australia. Is that, is that, is that the plan? It's a combination of both. So, so we, have, we have a wide range of products that are accessible to us via our networks. What we've done is selected what we feel are the three best products to bring to the Australian market and most suitable. And we're, we're uh, focusing on just getting the final final aspects of those ready to go and then we'll be making some announcements shortly. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to that. Now, what about cars? Um, electric cars is the other equation. Um, there's um, a slightly different proposition here because um, even though I suppose half of all um, cars are owned by fleet operators of some sort, be they government or private, but um, what are your ambitions in electric car, um, either sales or manufacturing? And um, my understanding is that you have a relationship and possibly a growing relationship with the Chinese um, uh, vehicle manufacturer, B. BYD. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so BYD, I've had a long-term relationship with BYD. Uh, we've been building on their bus chassis um, and working with them since 2014. So we are looking to bring BYD cars to Australia and there's still um, some announcements to be made in the coming weeks in regards to that. So, so that will be uh, a very big step forward in the number of vehicles that are available on the Australian market at the moment. Currently, we've got uh, a bit of a, a mixed bag. We've got some smaller vehicles that, that are relatively uh, okay priced, uh, and then you've got your, your top-end type um, electric vehicles. What we're going to bring to Australia is a range of four vehicles that will be uh, priced between 59000 and 99000 there will be two sedans and two uh, SUVs, one a luxury SUV. So we feel that we'll be hitting that sweet spot um, where the vehicles will be affordable, especially when you're factoring the, the lower 
uh, running cost of a, an electric uh, car versus a petrol or diesel alternative. Uh, but the bigger plan that we're working on, in addition to the BYD cars, which will be, uh, well, we announced it last last week, but we'll be releasing some more finer details, is our platform, which is called evdirect.com.au. That will be launched in December. And what evdirect is, is a platform to enable as many car producers around the world to bring their cars to Australia. One of the barriers of entry coming to the Australian market is being a right-hand drive country. Um, and with the existing dealership um, networks embedded uh, quite heavily, unfortunately, the transition with electric cars is that the traditional dealership model has some challenges because they're so reliant on the after-sales component of, of a vehicle. So when, you, when they sell a car, the, the after-sales service, the spare parts and so on, is where a large portion of, of their profit is actually made. Um, and what we're trying to do is provide a, a platform to allow vehicle manufacturers to come direct to Australia and go factory direct to consumer. So we'll have evdirect.com.au as a sales platform. And then in behind that, there'll be a whole logistics, um, operational uh, and a whole network platform where we can provide a turnkey solution for manufacturers to enable them to bring their product to market in Australia. So if somebody's looking to buy an electric vehicle, they'll be able to go directly to evdirect.com.au and there'll be a whole range of vehicles that they can look at, compare, etc. And then from a manufacturer's point of view, we can offer them the ability to bring their vehicles in at a competitive price and have a turnkey solution as opposed to going uh, through the heavy embedded uh, dealership networks. So that presumably is then targeting um, EV manufacturers that don't necessarily have a position already in Australia in the in, in the um, in the fossil fuel market, if you like, the petrol and diesel market. Because why would I Hyundai or a Nissan or a Mercedes or a Volvo or somebody else then go through EV Direct if they've already got their own networks? Correct. Yeah. So we we may not attract any of the existing uh, cars car manufacturers that you see in Australia at the moment. But in total, there's more than 200 vehicle manufacturers um, around the world that are currently not in the Australian market. And mm. the, because the way electric cars are manufactured, there's a whole range of new entrants coming in into the market that um, have the ability to, to make very high quality cars. And what we plan to do is work with these companies to provide them access to the Australian market in a very cost-effective manner That's great. Have you got any brand names that you can mention? Not yet. So the launch of EV Direct is December, and um, I think uh, stay tuned. EVdirect.com.au will be up online very shortly, and we'll be making some announcements uh, and happy to give you um, updates as as we progress. Uh, but come December is our is our launch of EV Direct, and by then there'll be some brand names and and also um, the ability to put pre-orders in for some really exciting products. I'm guessing BYD might be one of those, or would that be part of that platform? Of, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the four vehicles from BYD. I mean, fifty-nine thousand to ninety-nine thousand. We're still not actually sort of. Um, we're still not at the mass. We're still not at the mass market level, are we? Still not in the mass market level, and of course, we would love to be selling vehicles in the twenty to thirty, forty thousand price range. And as time goes by, there will be products in that that price range. But at the moment, we're the, the price point for a high quality 
electric vehicle is at is is in that um, 59 or in our case 59,000 or above um, as mentioned we'd love to have mm. vehicles more cost uh, or lower than that, that cost but at the moment that's still where the technology is at right okay and, and do these byd uh, vehicles have um, reasonably good range extremely good range yes so up to 650 kilometers on, on a single charge and um, uh, at, a, at, a, at a base entry product uh, you're looking at around the 450 kilometer range so anything between 450 to 650. Hmm. and when might we see when might we, we see sorry the first uh, byd vehicles um, introduced to the market uh, that will be announced when we launch ev direct in december <laughs> I wish I could tell you more, but unfortunately, we've got to got to keep some uh, uh, some things uh, undercover at the moment. But stay tuned. Okay. There's some very exciting things happening uh, in the EV space in Australia. Now, one of your PR people did actually inform us that um, you have your eye on a specific uh, BYD vehicle, a, B, uh, a BYD Tan, I think it is. Is, is that right? And, um, and and what is it? So BYD. BYD Tang is, is a luxury SUV, seven-seater or a five-seater option. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been one of the highest selling um, uh, SUVs uh, in, in China. Extremely great car. I've driven it myself numerous times. Um, it's, it's a very high quality vehicle. It's been designed by a gentleman by, by the name of Wolfgang Egger, who was formerly the head designer at uh, companies like Audi and Alfa Romeo. So it, it looks, feels, and, uh, and drives very much like a high-end European SUV. Um, but fortunately, we'll be able to price that under the $100,000 mark. Um, so still not, not, not a cheap car. I, I can't hide from that fact. But you're getting a very high-quality luxury SUV um, at a price point at 98000 or thereabouts. Very good. And what, what do you drive now? Uh, I have... Personally, I, I have a, a Mercedes uh, E-Class uh, hybrid electric plug-in, um, but very much waiting to get my hands on, on the first electric uh, BYD car for Australia. We've been talking about electric cars for imports. What prospect do you think there is for electric car vehicle, um, electric car manufacturing in Australia? So we have a five-year roadmap to work with um, our uh, partners, and BYD is one of them to actually start uh, importing cars to begin with, but then transitioning slowly. Um, and we aim to have at the three year mark um, a, a car that we've produced, majority to, the, the majority of production, sorry, in, in Australia, uh, to be released um, for the Australian market, New Zealand market, and then any other right-hand drive market uh, globally as well. So, so not, not only looking locally, but we're also looking at an export market. And we can do this and compete with um, in uh, manufacturing overseas because we struggled with that before when we had uh, with the petrol and the diesel cars and the Holdens and the Fords and the and the Chryslers. So, so we can. So this is going back to what I mentioned earlier, which is intelligent production. So that's mm. a combination of using the best local supply chain and the best best globally sourced uh, components, and then bringing them all to Australia, and then assembling them in a, uh, a production facility that is lean and agile, um, we can't go back to the, the bad old days of having yeah. having uh, production facilities that were extremely uh, intense uh, labour uh, outcomes. We'll be, we'll be creating plenty of jobs, but the vehicles that we'll produ- be producing 
will be focused on volume as opposed to having a large amount of labour hours going into each individual vehicle. Right, okay. And, um, um, oh, geez, I just had a, um, a mental block, uh, what, what my next question was. So what sort of forecasts are you giving then for the Australian EV market? And um, presumably you think that the transition might happen quite quickly. I mean, you've given the case for electric buses transition to happen quite quickly because the economics are there. I guess the question with electric cars, the passenger vehicles, is that... Um, I guess first you might find the fleet operators who may see the economics um, more quickly, but for the general population, what sort, of, what sort of pace of transition are you imagining in Australia? It's very hard to forecast exactly what the pace will be, but when we look at some uh, European countries, um, we've, we've noticed a trend that normally takes around a three-year mark. So if you're looking at, at uh, countries uh, in Europe, it, there are some countries that are now 70% um, uh, electric vehicle sales when, with, with 100% of the market being 70%, 70 being electric. And that took around a three-year period uh, from the time that they had quality vehicles at, at, at an affordable price uh, to make that transition. So, so we think it will happen quite quickly uh, in, in that sort of three-year mark. Once people have good quality choice, they understand that electric vehicles um, meet the needs of what they what they're required to do. Uh, things like range anxiety um, uh, are mitigated, and we have plenty of charging stations. We also have uh, a lot of charging infrastructure in, in around where people live. So once all those sort of barriers that people have looked at as as issues in the past are understood uh, and realised, we, we see a three-year period being. Uh, the time that it'll take people from, to, or sorry, the industry to move from where it is now to EVs being the, the uh, product of choice. And, and how much does this depend on government policy? And if it does depend on government policy, what do you want the government to do? Frankly, I don't think it depends on government policy at all. Um, we, if, if the product doesn't stack up on a commercial uh, basis, um, I think we're starting off on the wrong foot. We need to have vehicles and production that are self-reliant and vehicles that people are willing to buy. If we're reliant on government top-ups like the former industry was, that's an extremely bad way to be starting. So personally, I, I, we, we look to government to support us uh, through uh, any ways that they can. But if, if we require government to put a policy in place to force people to buy electric vehicles, I don't think that's, mm. that's a good way to start. So. Personally, I don't think um, governments need to make any policy changes other than just to encourage um, a, a cleaner community and cleaner environments, which is the result of zero emission vehicles. Perhaps a change of rhetoric, at least, about um, camping and weekends away and um, and um, <laughs> and, ch and charging issues. Um, one final part of your whole business plan um, is a $700 million plan to uh, set up a manufacturing facilities in southern New South Wales. Fantastic idea. You did need the money, though. Where do you expect to get the money to, to, to support your plans? So we, uh, in, in regards to, to money, so the... the the, um, as, as I mentioned, we've already acquired the land. Uh, we have a significant investment group backing us uh, through Green Group, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, the project will be rolled out in stages, so I think that's very important to, to understand. We are fully funded for stage one of three stages, so we will be up and running. We will have buildings in place 
will be a second round of, of capital raising in November or early December uh, this year, and, and that will be targeted at institutional level. Um, but in regards to funding, we see no major issues because ESG investment and investment in sustainable businesses that actually make real, real profit and, and are real businesses is uh, very high on the agenda of um, uh, banks and, and other investment firms at the moment. So in regards to, to funding, we're very confident that the funding will be there. We're already well funded for, for, for the first stage and uh, we don't see that as an obstacle uh, whatsoever. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. And uh, Luke, Todd, thank you very much for joining the Driven Podcast. I'm fascinated to hear about your plans and um, they sound fantastic. And I, I guess if they if they all come true, then we're going to have um, clean public transport, um, clean trucking, and um, most likely a quite a quick transition to the electric vehicle fleet. Charles, thank you for your time and appreciate uh, being on the Driven. Driven Podcast was brought to you by Solaray Energy. Solaray Energy has been designing and installing solar and storage solutions for electric vehicle owners since EVs first arrived in Australia. There's a smarter way to run your EV from Solaray. Visit solaray.com.au forward slash the driven.